Well, you're good. Well, that's, that didn't take long at all. That's great. Um, the 10 minutes stretched out a little bit, but um, that's okay. So we're just another half hour or so, and then we're... Am I right on that? We've got... Where's someone that knows those things? Where's Karina? Yeah, half hour, right? Okay, good. Okay. Um, I did a very informal survey <laughs> during the break. Um, trusting um, what I was hearing um, on some things that I might want to comment on. And, um, and one of them is... Sometimes you hear people, and, and maybe folks that come in to, to talk to you about how do we, um, what's the best way to stay sober and so forth. Um, and people talk about being delivered from alcoholism. I used to be an alcoholic, but now I'm delivered. And maybe that's in a, a religious context. I do not doubt their experience. If that's the person's experience, then that's the person's experience. But what I would encourage you to remain open to is that when you talk about being delivered, you delivered from something. You know, we pray when we stand around at the end and we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, deliver us from evil. We, we're delivered from something I would suggest to you that because you're here, because you're at this conference this afternoon, that God has delivered you into Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, if that's the the program that that you need. Excuse me. Um, And to don't try to substitute religion for AA. Okay? Okay. well, if I just, and, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted no part of AA. I had religion, for God's sake. For God's sake. <laughs> I mean, I did. Um, I was, uh, you know, a vowed religious of 18 years. I had it good. And I believe that God's gift to me was, yes, all of this is good, Kathy. Don't give it up. So if, if religion is a part of your life, I'm not, please, don't ever go away saying, Sister Kathy said I should get rid of religion. Hmm, that'd be nice. Um, I'm not saying give it up. What I'm saying is be open to the fact that maybe the answer to your prayers, the answer to maybe your parents' prayers or your friends' prayers for you has been the gift of Alcoholics Anonymous. Take that and embrace it and immerse yourself in that. Don't try to substitute, well, I don't want to be hanging out with those people. I'll just go to church, and that's what I'll do. It might work, but you've got too much to lose if it doesn't. And Alcoholics Anonymous has worked for a couple million people over the last 70 years, 75 years, right? 75 years this year. Last year was 75 years. So... And I have personal friends who, who admittedly are alcoholic, do not drink, and do not go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Very close friends of mine, people I love and admire. 
And there's something in me that wants to say, well, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could do it without AA. They pray a lot, and they're, they're good people. I don't really want to risk it. You know, it's working for them, but it might not work for me. I've got too much to lose. And I'm not talking about people who are miserable in their lives. They're very happy. And not a lot of them, you know. I'm not talking about this as hundreds of people. But two people in particular who, um, you know, the, the obsession to drink was removed. And they don't come to AA. They don't want to come to AA. And they're living full, happy lives and so forth. I don't want to risk that with mine. I just don't want to risk it. So I strongly encourage you, get immersed with the women in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, You know, they've done it, and they want to help you to do it. And it's the group. It's not one individual. And that's, that's the beauty. That's the wisdom of Alcoholics Anonymous is that it doesn't say you've got to find the perfect sponsor and then you'll get sober. It's like, there is no perfect sponsor. But there is the group whose primary purpose, you listen, you might think, oh, why do they read those steps and traditions every time? I've heard them, you know. We need to hear them over and over and over again. We need to hear in that tradition, the primary purpose of a group is to help Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. The purpose of an AA group is to be there when someone walks in. It's not one individual. It's like, oh, if only I, you know, could have her as a sponsor. If only I was in his home group, then, oh, then it would be perfect. No, it's everybody. There are no stars in AA. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know... um, because they get a lot of exposure, seem like that. But it's, it's just showing up and listening, listening to people. So that's it's so, so important to get immersed in AA. Don't, don't think, oh, well, there's... I mean, there might be other ways. I'm not... In, in Alcoholics Anonymous, it says it themselves. We don't have the final word. But it's worked for so many. You've been exposed to it here at least give it a chance. At least give it a chance. That's some of the wisdom behind 90 and 90. It's like, you know, giving, uh, going to 90 meetings in 90 days. That's some of the wisdom. It's like you're getting a lot of it. But there's no magic. Then you keep going after day 90. You know, I've sat in treatment centers and sat in that circle and people, a new, new patient comes in or a new whatever they're calling them in that particular place, a new person comes in and they say, how did you get here? I have heard it too many times. I did my 90 and 90 and I went out and drank. Because they think there's some magic to 90, you know. It's like, and what about day 91? You still have to go, you know. So I'm not someone that says do 90 and 90. I encourage people, get a minimum number of meetings a week that you're going to do. Talk to your sponsor about what that minimum number. I won't go to fewer than whatever it is, four meetings a week or three meetings a week, or maybe your sponsor says for you it's seven, so then, yeah, it's going to be every day. Uh, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's going to, you're going to go twice on Friday and not go on Saturday, whatever. But get a minimum number of meetings that you go to. If you go to more, wonderful. 
but set a minimum number. This is what I'm going to do. Now, if your sponsor says, I don't care what that nun said, you do 90-90, then you do it. Because most of the, the benefit of, of those things is we're doing what we're told to do. We're, we're following someone else's suggestions. But I would caution you, if there's no magic that happens after day 90. Those first three months are extremely, extremely important. Extremely important. And maybe, maybe you have a meeting. Do you have a meeting every day here? Oh, well, you might get your 90 and 90 without even thinking about it. Um, but those first three months are very important. That's the wisdom behind the, not the 90 and 90. But you won't see anything in the book that says go to 90 meetings in 90 days. They didn't have meetings every day when the book was written, you know. So they couldn't tell you to go 90-90. It's something that's come up. Um, some people blame it on treatment centers, but, you know, they get a bad rap for a lot of things. And they've done a lot of people a lot of good, so I don't want to be. But there's no magic. It's being faithful, going to meetings, going to meetings, going to meetings. Listening. Oh, that's another thought. You know, don't just go and, yeah, the coffee's good and, you know. Oh, come on, we all do it, you know. Um, but, but to listen. Listen when the steps are being read. Um, give the respect. And, and you people, honestly, I, I, I am extremely touched by the attention that you've given me. And to do that for a speaker is, is a wonderful thing. Because people risk, you know, if you're at a speaker's meeting, people standing up here, it's risky business. And so when you give attention, it's a great gift you give to them. But if you go to a discussion meeting, to give that same attention to who's ever talking, even if they're talking crazy, you never know what's going to come out of someone's mouth, you know. And so you, you give the attention. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, hang on every word, but you give people attention. It's the courtesy of the attention. And even if you think you know what they're going to say, I mean, there's, there's someone in my home group, and as soon as he starts, I'm like, oh, no. Here it goes. You know, we're going to hear the same thing. But that's when I, you know, uh, that's when I make sure that I listen even better because I never know when something good is going to come out of, out of his mouth. That's where principles above personalities is really important. And the principle there is that I'm there to listen. I'm there to hear. I don't care who the personality is. Some people are easier to listen to when I hang on their every word. But it's important that I listen to those people that I think don't have anything to say for me because they, they might, might just do that. Um, so that importance of being um, going to meetings. And then the business of asking someone to be your sponsor, you kind of listen to someone who has what you want. So if they sound like they have some peace of mind, they sound, not that they have everything together, not that they do everything perfectly, but they have some peace of mind. They talk about what's going on with them. I can remember when I first came in, I, um, you know, they said I had to get a sponsor and like, I didn't want to. And um, so then I, I okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. So I started listening. I, I wanted someone that wasn't going to be impressed with the fact that I was a nun. <laughs> so, I, you know, I didn't want the whole nun thing to be the center of attention. 
And um, I, I listened to this woman, and she talked about things like how when she was drinking, that um, she had children, and it came time for going back to school. And she had the money to buy their shoes to go back to school. And we all can identify with, you know, getting a new pair of shoes, especially when it's going back to school. And instead of buying the kids shoes, she used the money to go buy something to drink. And she drank their shoe money away. So the kids went back to school in September with their sneakers or whatever they had worn all summer. And she spoke about that with, uh, shared it so people would know this is, this is what I was doing when I was drinking. Her drinking wasn't in bars and everything. It was mostly at home and that type of thing. But that's one of the things that she felt terrible about. That instead of buying those kids new shoes to go back to school, she drank the money away. But she said it not with beating herself up and not with, um, any kind of morbid sense of it. It was like, that's how bad it got for me. When she could share that and talk about what was awful for her in her life, and then I could see that she wasn't beating herself up all the time. She wasn't, oh, I'm a terrible person because I did this. It was like, whatever has, I wanted that. I wanted to be able to to say what was going on in my life and not be stuck back there. And so I asked her to be my sponsor. And she was, she was a great sponsor. She was a very good sponsor. I used to say to her things like, I can't do that. She would tell me, some, suggest something for me to do. And I'd say, I can't do that. And so she would make fun of the way I talk. And she'd say, no, you can't. But do it anyway. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. And... Um, the, the business of, you know, I, I don't know how, I, I, I don't understand this, and I, and I had to understand everything. I had to get this down perfectly because, you know, <laughs> I'm perfect. And, um, and she would say, um, Kathy, just don't drink. Come to meetings. Ask for help. Listen. Those simple things. And when it's time, you'll know. I was talking about doing a, a fourth and fifth step at that time when I was going on about, you know, I don't see how that's any different from confession, and I did that all my life, and that didn't help, you know. Kathy, don't drink. Come to meetings. Ask for help. Listen. You'll be fine. That's all you have to do. Oh, okay. Deep breath, deep breath. And then, you know, a week later, I'd hear something. And, I don't understand that. I don't know how that's <laughs> Kathy, don't drink. Come to meetings. <laughs> Ask the help. Listen. Oh, okay, okay. That's all I have to do. Okay, 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 okay. So you need to find someone like that. You need to, to find a model. You need to choose a home group. The, someone that you're, a, a place where you go where they're expecting to see you. It's like the old Cheers uh, theme song, you know, where everyone knows your name. Oh, God, you're too young for Cheers. This is, this is awful, you know. Jeez. 
every place where everybody knows my name. So you choose a home group where everyone knows your name. Someone said over here, um, uh, I, was, I was greeting Karina, I think, giving her a hug or something, and she said, it's really great. You people, uh, I guess you know a few people, but I never knew any of these women until Karina, I corresponded with via email to arrange my coming. Never met one of them before in my life. But you would think we'd known each other a long time. That's what Alcoholics Anonymous gives you. Have a great story. I was in Ireland this summer for, actually, for six weeks. It's a long story how that happened, but I'll, I'll spare you those details. I have a sister who lives in Dublin, so uh, I was staying with her. But anyway, I'm, I'm walking down the street this day. Uh, took a route that I don't usually take. I had never been on this street before, and I've been in Dublin a number of times. I'm walking down the street in Dublin, and <clears throat> I told this to a couple of people, but anyway, I'm walking down the street, and a woman gets out of a car and starts walking toward me. And I noticed her. We were the only two on the street. It was a side street, and she was very well put together. She was probably in her late 70s, very nice looking, and she had high heels on. I admire people who can wear them. I haven't worn heels in years. And, um, and she's strutting down the street, and she gets right beside me, and she's got a 10-euro um, uh, bill in her hand, uh, the currency there in Ireland. She said, would you have change for 10 euro? Uh, she said, I just came back from the States, and I don't have any euros, and I need it for the uh, parking meter the, uh, to be able to put some money in. So I, I went to my bag, and I took out my wallet, and I looked at her, and she had uh, a necklace on, that was, uh, had a circle and a triangle in it in diamonds. Now, I don't, I'm not a big jewelry person, you know. I wear the symbol for my congregation and a plain silver band that cost $3.25 when I bought it in 1969. Anyway, so I'm not big into jewelry, but I knew that these were diamonds. And... Um, so I'm getting the money out of my purse, and while well, I'm not sure that it's, you know, in Ireland, maybe there's some other symbol for the Druids that's a circle and a triangle or the leprechauns or something. I don't know. So, <clears throat> so I said to him, tell me about your necklace. And in typical Irish fashion, if you know any Irish people, they answer questions with questions. So she says to me, you know it, do you? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And she said, well, I'm Emma. How do you do? And so there's Emma <clears throat> in AA. Her husband was a jeweler who made that for her on her 10th anniversary. That was the story behind the diamonds. <laughs> the other story behind that was the their jewelry business was robbed by a man by the name of Martin Cahill. My last name is Cahill, so we didn't want to go there. Good old cousin Martin. But anyway... Um, so she says to me, standing there on the street, um, so are you, uh, how long are you here for? And I said, well, actually, I'm here for six weeks. I just came last week. She said, oh, good. She said, are you going to meetings? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I was at a meeting over on Abbey Street last week. Oh, don't go to Abbey Street, she says. You know, the way you might, or those of you who are in AA, you know real good meetings and meetings that you don't, okay. She said, oh. Turn around. She turns me around, walks down the street, 
And there's a church, Molesworth Church. There's meetings here seven days a week. You can just get off the Lewis and you can right here. There's meetings. I said, great, thank you. She said, where are you staying? And I said, I'm staying in Dundrum, uh, which is a section of Dublin. And um, Dundrum, I live in Fox Rock. I don't know where Fox Rock is, but it's the next couple of sections of Dublin over from Dundrum. She said, um, my anchor group is on Saturday morning. So that, that's the Irish call, their home group, the anchor group. Isn't that a great word? My anchor group is going to anchor me. So my anchor group is Saturday morning. If you'd like to come, here's my number. Call me up, and I'll pick you up, and I'll take you to my anchor group. So Saturday, uh, Friday night, I call. I say, Emma, you, you still game to pick me up? Oh, sure. I'm glad to pick you up. So she comes and picks me up and takes me to her anchor group on Saturday morning. So I go to this meeting go with her, go out to lunch afterwards with the girls. And and she says, well, my other anchor group, you know, when we're really adrift, we need two anchors. But anyway, uh, my other anchor group is on Wednesday. Do you want to go to that? I said, oh, by all means, you know. So, you know, Wednesday comes and I go to her other anchor group. So for six weeks, I had this marvelous connection with, um, with AA, that um, And that's what happens. You know, it's like I never met her before in my life. And, but we have a bond. And so and that's something you can't buy. I mean, maybe you get it by being alumni of some college or something and you see each other and do the secret handshake or something. I don't know. But it's, it's a marvelous thing. I had a phone call from her for Christmas. My, my, my Dublin sponsor is Emma, you know. Um, but that that gift of being able to find it wherever you go, of that connection, of um, and and I was I was telling Martha this morning that God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, because I would have gone I probably would have gone to a meeting once a week while I was there, you know, and I would have sat on the side and you know go to Abbey Street with his you know it's kind of an anonymous kind of thing. It was a big room, and you sat around the edges. And you know, if someone called on me, I would have spoken. And as soon as I opened my mouth, they would have known I wasn't from Ireland, and maybe get some conversation going afterwards for that. Usually, it's someone has a cousin, you know, in the states, and do you know him? He lives in Indiana. Well, no, actually, I live in Florida. You know, I don't, okay. Um, but I wouldn't have been immersed in it the way I was by meeting Emma. And Ireland is a tough place to be sober. You know, people, yeah, I mean, there's signs over, Guinness is good for you. Well, not for me, you know, it might be good for the economy, might be good for a lot of people, but it's not going to be good for me, you know. Um, uh, I was with my sister who um, is admittedly an alcoholic, um, and uh, and still drinks and doesn't uh, it, it doesn't show right now it's not showing horrible effects and I could start thinking you know maybe I did overreact it wasn't that bad maybe I could have a glass of wine with her I'm 31 years sober I got there I landed in Dublin on my 31st anniversary. So it's not like, oh, once you get to a certain point, you'll never think of it again. I mean, it, you, you do. It's like, well, that looks good. 
But because I go to meetings, because I have a sponsor, because I'm in touch with people, I'm going to think before I do that. I'm going to think before I pick up. And so I really believe God was doing for me what I could not do for myself that day that I ran into Emma on Molesworth Street. You know? And, and thank God she was wearing her symbol. Because if she wasn't, I would have given her the change for the 10 euro. I would have gone on to the National Gallery and not be telling you that story today. And God knows what would have, you know. I don't know. But there it was. So I encourage you to... Um, uh, not think that, oh, okay, now I've got it and I'm not drinking. I've been in here and, okay, now I'll just, uh, yeah, that's fine. And that AA stuff's good for those poor souls that, you know, need it. But I don't need it. Give it a really good try before you say you don't need it. Give it a really good try. And get yourself immersed and get those sponsors and do the stuff and get into service of doing things for other people. Some of you are already doing it. You're, you're doing stuff here. You're um, secretary for the group or, you know, doing that stuff down at, at the table. You're organizing meetings. Continue to do that. It's so, so important. And lastly, I'd like to go back to that prayer that I suggested to you um, uh, that's I mean, it's, it's right out of Scripture. It's out of the book of Psalms, first of all, and then it's out of the mouth of Jesus as he was dying into your hands. And I would just suggest for our closing now, it's, it's, it's almost, almost time to, um, to bring this to a close, to think of something that you need to put into God's hands. Something, maybe it's a decision coming up, maybe it's a hearing that's coming up for you, um, in the future, maybe it's someone that you're concerned about. Maybe it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and just for a moment, just sit, become aware of your breath again. That's how close God is to us, as close as the breath we breathe. that we have the Spirit of God within us. And think of those things that you might be concerned about. Very quietly just pray, God, into your hands, I entrust you fill in the blank, the hearing, the test. this situation, this person, into your hands. And as the thought of that particular thing or that particular person or that particular decision or whatever it is that you want to put into God's hands, as that thought comes back to you this afternoon or tonight or you're lying in bed, that's when my stuff usually comes, just go back to that into your hands. I entrust or I place or whatever word you want to use. 
this situation into your hands. And tomorrow you can let me know how it worked. Thank you for your attention this afternoon. Um, It's time to wrap this up. And I guess, do you need to say anything or we just... And we're back tomorrow, I guess.